Welcome, welcome, welcome! It's another episode of Oto, and glad to say we've got Evanor back with us. Yay! Hello. How you doing? Pretty good. I'm excited to co-host this show, at least. You've been gone for quite some time, man. <laughs> well, I, I, well, yeah. It's basically I, I've just been busy in my my in my real life, but I don't want to you know quit this. I I actually enjoy doing it. <laughs> Well, we're happy to have you whenever you've got a spare moment. I know you've been ungodly busy here lately, and and that's no joke, guys. He's He's been very, very busy, and he'll be with us when he can be with us, and we're glad to have you back. And tonight's show is a good topic for you and I. It's stuff we kind of listen to on a semi-regular basis, and that's things that are a little gloomy, things that are a little little on the goth side, a little post-punk kind of feel to them. It's going to be a good show. I'm, I'm excited about it. Yeah, a, a, like a lot of spooky feelings. Yes, we're into up. October. We're gearing up for Halloween. Speaking of, we are planning on doing a Halloween special on our episode on the 27th of this month, trying to get it so we can get an extra hour of airtime. So if you're free on the 27th, come listen to us. It's going to be a completely Halloween-themed. This is kind of serving as a precursor. We're getting to some bands we're probably not going to play on the 27th, but we still we, we want to go through them and some really amazing bands in the lineup tonight. Stuff that, or at least bands that I've been listening to since my teen years. I don't know about you. Yeah. Who do you have to kill for that extra hour? Do you know? <laughs> I shouldn't have to kill anybody. It's just uh, the director of programming has to see if uh, the spot is available and if she can move some things around. So we, we don't have to kill nobody. I'm not asking people to send letters or anything. We're just trying to get it worked out. <laughs> Coming up in this first block, we have the highly influential band Merry Go Round. They are from the Nagoya region of Japan, and a lot of people, myself included, consider them to be the fathers of Nagoya K or the Nagoya style, uh, which has led to bands such as Dead Man, Gullet, Phobia, Lynch, things I've talked about ad nauseum on this show. These guys are the progenitors. They are the reason those bands you know, came into being and gained popularity within that region. So I'm anxious to play them. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, they're pro- they're probably my one of my top favorite bands. Like right behind Dead Man, they'd be right there. I just love their whole aesthetic, the themes that they sing about, and I love Kazuma's vocals. They're just haunting, and he's just a great frontman. He has such and a he rich has, voice. And he has thick hair, like a horse. If you've ever seen him live, <laughs> super long. He's he, he's just a great frontman. I love their photo shoots. Anytime they have a photo shoot put together, it's it's some of my favorite photo shoots ever to be in Visual K coming out of Nagoya or you know just in Visual K or, or Japanese rock music in general. I love his aesthetic, and and like you said, the, just that long flowing black hair. And there's a really um, iconic shot of him where he's all wrapped up in, in white, kind of a bondage-looking kind of... Th- but it's hard to explain, but uh, if, if you uh, Google image search merry-go-round Japanese band, you'll find the image I'm talking about, and it's a beautiful image. I think you've even used it as an avatar before. 
on some of your your internet profiles. Probably. <laughs> uh, at least Kazuma now. There there have been a lot of members in Merry Go Round and a yes. lot of swapping and out, but. They've, they've disbanded. He went to a band called Smells, where it was uh, him and the basis of Merry-Go-Round, which, and then that ended, and then now he's in this band called High Fashion Paralyzed with the guitars from Dead Man. Yes, Eye of Dead Man, who is also doing a project at the moment called The God and Death Stars. He's simultaneously doing High Fashion Paralyzed and The God and Death Stars, and both projects are wonderful. I am a huge fan of Eye. He, he is one of my favorite composers did a lot of the music, if not the majority of the music, I think he did most of it, if not all of it, for Dead yeah. Man. And uh, amazing artist. The God and Death Stars, I think, actually has the former bassist of Kagero. So yeah. for, for those of you that, that liked Ai's work in, um, and you, you liked things like The Studs, you, you'd probably dig uh, the God and Death Stars. Kazuma is also uh, like does a lot of DJs D- DJing now. I I know he's DJed a couple of those Tokyo Dark Castle or Dark Do- Tokyo Dark City. Yeah, uh, it's a Tokyo Dark Castle. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he does DJ for those quite a bit. Uh, as does uh, the vocalist for uh, Auto Mod, which we're playing in our next block. Uh, Gennett is is a frequent. Uh, appearance uh, makes a frequent appearances at, at these Tokyo Dark Castle events, but we'll. Get I think to that he actually, later. yeah, I think he actually like uh, started it. I don't know, but we'll get to that later. I feel like it. Uh, and coming up after Mario go round in this first block, we've got a band called Art Marju Du Chain, which was a visual goth unit that formed in '95. They were a, very much a, a live house band. Performed quite a bit. When they were around from, you know, 95 to, I think, uh, 2001 was when they were really active. Following that, the vocalist, he, he says they they didn't disband or anything, but had ceased activities due to lack of members. It was just himself. But uh, I don't know how accurate that information is since uh, the official website hasn't been updated since 2003. I think on his blog last year he mentioned that he's going to revive activities, but that really doesn't mean anything. So no, he's know, been but... saying that since you know 2002. He's been looking yeah. for members. So going on 10 years now without a, a, a peep. I'm not expecting anything soon. But if if you know, I could be wrong. If he comes out with something here in the next year or so, I will you know be the first in line to go buy it. I, I do love his work. They they only released. I think they released a mini album, and uh, they were on a on an omnibus. And they also released a VHS, which is on YouTube. And it's really cool because they basically stole the intro to Tales from the Crypt and they spliced in live clips of them. And it's out of sync and it's pretty creepy. It's like when I first saw it, when I downloaded it off of like SoulSeek or something, it was like terrifying. I was like 16 or 17 and I'm just watching this and I had no idea about this band. But the song that we chose, I think it's Death of the Virgin. Yes, Death of the Virgin, yeah. and it's from their only release that they ever put out, uh, Demon S. Deus in Versus, uh, which was released in two th- the year 2000. It, it's a really good song to, you know, like sway with a yes. candle in the night. It's really cool. I, I, I like this sound, whatever they do. I, I like, like the sound. effects that, that are put on the vocals. It, it makes me feel like I'm on some kind of opoid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I've never been on one, Cassandra, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm not saying I have, but that just just the vibe I get is just kind of. Oh. Uh, hmm. uh, hmm. I'm I'm getting the nods when I listen to it. Okay. 
I'll have to research that. We'll see. Well, I, I do hope that he has some stuff coming out soon, and it's a pity that they only had the one release because one of my favorites from the indie scene back in the late 90s was the band Amadeus, and the mm -hmm. vocalist for that, Neen, was a short member of Duchesne. And I would have loved, she only did some live performances with them, and I don't think any of them got recorded. But I would have loved, I would have killed somebody to hear her sing with this <laughs> band. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Yeah, this band has a lot of ex-members that are in a lot of cool things, like New Kiki, the Candy Spooky Theater, as you said, um, Amadeus. And Kai has um, been known to, to be relatively good friends with uh, Dada, Velvet Eden, and Mana of Malus Miser. So he's pretty well connected. So I wouldn't really be surprised if he came out with something here in the next few years, considering he has a plethora of contacts w within the Japanese goth scene. I I'm just not really expecting it, you know? I, I just hope he doesn't get swooped up by, like, Kimwamu or something like that and go <laughs> that and, and go that goth route, because I'm not into that. Kimwamu does have a habit of picking up all the best artist and and we might get to that a little later as we uh, start talking about uh, blam honey but uh, we're going to go ahead and get right into our first two songs here this is merry-go-round with taishitsu from uh, the self-titled release uh, which was uh, put out in 1997 and art marju du with death of the version as i mentioned from uh, demon s deus in versus released in the year 2000 <laughs>
Sí, un dono. Tamaco. Yeah.
Do you know what's uh, my my favorite part of that merry-go-round song? What's that? It's when he's uh, when when Kazuma sings uh, he sings tamago, which means egg in Japanese, but he <laughs> it, he says it a bunch of times in the song. I don't know why, but I love it how he just pronounces it, and it makes it's not that's my favorite part of that song. It, it kind of reminded me of uh, there's a Tool song where he's just singing. He's he's not singing, but he's talking in German, and it's just a a recipe. He's listing off a recipe, and there's and no eggs. Oh. <laughs> I I wonder how you say egg in in German. I God, I can't remember. I'd have to ask Jason. He'd know. <laughs> no. Next up, we've got three different artists. I know how you guys like our our blocks with a little bit more music. Uh, we kind of change up how we do the playlist uh, every so often. And tonight we're going with a chunk of three, and that's uh, Mercuro. Automod and Lucifer Luscious Vielenu. So first off, let's discuss uh, Mercuro because this is probably the least known artist that we're playing tonight. Yeah, totally. Probably the smallest band on all on all our playlists, I think. And, and really shortly artists. lived. Yeah. I think they were only around from '98 to around 2001, somewhere in there. Only had a handful of demo tapes, and I think they only had one album. Yeah, and that's the only thing I was able to find. I mean, in in my upbringing of Japanese music, that's the only thing I was able to find on the internet. And it's a pretty cool album. They have a lot of like just cool transitions into songs. Some of the songs, of course, they give off that like spooky vibe that we were talking about before. Yeah, kind of They're a Im- haunting and grim kind of feeling to them. Yeah, so that's why I think I'm. I think I chose that that song because I I, I like the o- the overlaying vocals that they that they used for the the song that's going to come up. And and those backing vocals are amazing. You know me. Anytime that there's a demon baby in a song, I'm going to love it. And and this is one of those tracks where it uses creepy, creepy backing vocal. Yeah, it's great. I love it. The only way that I know to describe it is demon baby. <laughs> it kind of uh, not uh, in a full but it does a little bit reminds me of Kengo from Noir Fleur. Oh yeah, bit. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. We should have had that on the this playlist. See, <laughs> there's so many bands that we could have put in. I know, just about anything from the from the late 90s or early 2000s would have qualified. Uh, now the the basis for this uh, I am familiar with because he went on to be in one of my beloved bands, uh Kinarura. They had some kick-ass album artwork in their early days. I I still can't pronounce their name. Uh, It's uh, spelled K-E-N-L-L-R-E, and it's pronounced Kinarura. Kinarura. (laughs) Kinarura. And they were around for quite some time, uh, I think for a better part of a decade. I think 2001 to 2007, I think that's correct. I only have, I mean, I think I've only listened to maybe one of their mini albums, and then, I don't know, it probably disappeared or something like that. But I, to be honest, I don't remember much of them, but I've heard a lot of people from you, and and, and I think uh, from someone else I know, I don't know. I know Zio is a fan of them, and he's a big reason where you, why you can actually find some of their stuff online. Is, oh, awesome. Is, uh, he has taken it upon himself to, to, to track down some of their earlier releases and I, I think I uh, even sent you a uh, press copy of one of their earlier things that uh, I got from Zio 
that might be where you are familiar with them from. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> that's one of those artists that when Zeon and I first started talking, that's that's one that we had in common and would talk about. And we really loved the vocalist James, followed their career for many, many years. I highly recommend them. And the bassist, as I said, this is Mercuro is his former band, and he went on into that. And a lot of the other members went on to a uh, another shortly lived project that wasn't all that good, in my opinion. If you want to know about them, you can look them up. But <laughs> <laughs> is that are are you talking about like that Serpentine Ghost International thing? Yes. <laughs> See, uh, like a lot of people couldn't tolerate that, but like I don't know, they're they're doing something different. Let them do it. But right. I sort of agree with you. <laughs> All right, now uh, moving on from Mercuro, as I said, we're uh, we're going to play Auto Mod, and Auto Mod are the kings of goth, in my opinion, for Japan. Uh, they formed in 1980, so they have been around since you know post punk was at its zenith. You know, even here in the West, really influential band, and they. Uh, Remained active through most of the 80s, had a long hiatus in the 90s, came back in 97, and they're still going pretty strong to this day, doing a lot of live performances. Sporadically, they'll release something, but uh, like Art Mars, you do change, just a very much a live house band. Yeah, and I think out of all this, the songs that we have in this playlist, they would probably be best labeled as goth. Like They are yes. the quintessential like goth Japanese band, in my opinion as well, because when I would look up Japanese bands, that name would always come up. Um, they may not be the most, I guess, gothiest compared to other stuff. Because we've played like G. Schmidt and, and we even touched like on Speed ID type of stuff. But yeah. I feel like they are one of the most popular. At least in Japan. At yeah, least in Japan. Success- a lot of Western fans uh, aren't really all that familiar with them. So I did. Uh, I am glad that you picked that out tonight because it is a good representation of the genre and it does get it get their stuff listened to by a western audience which is our goal so <laughs> yeah and going back to what we mentioned before the the vocalist i think he actually started that tokyo dark castle which is like a a goth party basically at a club and it's a lot of you know what 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 are those people called and they have like tubes in their hair Do you um, know what i'm talking about uh, the cyber goths yeah 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 <laughs> I thought like I, 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 I and yeah, and yeah. things like that, and he works uh, quite a bit with uh, Kiwamu produced bands. And Tokyo Dark Castle has been around for quite a few years now, and they've even had some success here in the states. Uh, the events themselves, uh, and uh, released omnibus albums. Yeah, and pretty influential gathering. And the vocalist uh, has a really nice shaved head too. Yes, his his. Bald head is is signature. You can always pick him out in any of these live photos you're going to see from Tokyo Dark Castle because he's he's the only one that's got no hair and he he'll put his white face on you know completely covering <laughs> just big old shiny white head. It's a good look. It's it is. It, 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 it's a really good look. It's I feel like what when I think of Automata, I think of his head. You know. <laughs> I, I I'm gonna have to agree with you. I do the same thing. Automod's sound, it is the, the definition of post-punk, and it really is easy to see why they're as influential as they were. Influenced and sparked the careers of, uh, as I mentioned earlier, Dada, Velvet Eden, uh, Art Marju Duchesne, been the 
ideal that a lot of Japanese goth artists aspire to, both aesthetically and in their music. I like the saxophone in the song, too. <laughs> yes, and it's kind of odd to hear a saxophone in a uh, goth piece. So. I, sh- I shouldn't have spoiled it. Sorry, guys. <laughs> now, we've discussed the kings. Now it's time to pay homage to the queen. I mean, like, this lady coming up, she's really cool. I, I respect her a lot. And she also has, like, this, like... I mean, you can probably say like, she's crazy. I think right now, or at, at some point after her music career, which it, which included like a, a, a variety of bands, she became like a fortune teller, right? Or something like that? Yes, uh, she called herself uh, Nana Taro and was on kind of the Japanese equivalent of the Psychic Friends Network. It was a, <laughs> a, a website where you could go on and pay to have someone read your your tarot for you. And she was one of the employees of that. And that was around 2006 or so when that news kind of hit the internet. Uh, Since then, she's been MIA, and I desperately wish that she would come back to music because she is one of my idols. I can listen to her all day, every day, and not get tired of it. She's been with me since I hit puberty. <laughs> she's one of those that are just, she's ingrained into my soul at this point. I love Lucifer Luscious Vielanu, and we miss you, and we hope you come back. <laughs> <laughs> Not that she's ever going to hear this, I'm sure, but we, you know, just on the off chance, we miss you, come back, okay? <laughs> but she was very... I, I feel like she was involved with a lot of bands that not a lot of people uh, would think about. I, I have a few like uh, Kuro Yume CDs and and uh, like especially their early stuff, right? Yes. And a lot of the in in the booklets, a, a, like a lot of the thank yous, they mention her. And and, and I also know that she was even that, in a few uh, photo shoots with them. Yeah, yeah. And I think that band Gillis Doray, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. They they actually have her opening a song. Like yes. she's like singing something or maybe saying something. I don't know. And that was pretty cool to me because I like that band a lot too. Very amazing individual. Uh, as as you mentioned, Ev, she's worked with Kuroyume and uh, Gilda Ray, and she's produced things for uh, Machi of uh, Loren. Really eclectic career. So she's she's uh, done artwork. She's written short stories. She managed her own website for about a decade, which is rare. Usually, it's <laughs> it's some two bit little staffing, you know, media marketing thing, you know, out of Japan. But no, she did it all herself. Geo City's looking. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> But it was cool that she was that in touch with her product and that in touch with her fans. I've heard numerous uh, live ex- uh, reports, live reports rather, from even Western fans who, who have seen her live. And she always does like the meet and greets afterwards and a very personable lady. And I heard she actually looks a whole lot older in person than she does in her photos. I don't I know feel if like that's she- true or not. I feel like, I mean, by her images, I feel like she's a, like a really big smoker, if that makes any sense. And I also feel like she's probably like the male, the female equivalent to like full. Sometimes she gives me that vibe, but I may be like completely off. I get off-touched. that vibe too. Uh, Furu from uh, Gunny Tools and, and New Kiki. Yes, I, I completely agree in, with that. And I, I've tried to compare, make that comparison before and people just look at me weird. So I'm glad it's you agree. Like, it's like, you know, it's these people who, like, stick to their guns, 
stand by what they create and do whatever the hell they want. Because like, yes. like a lot of this, uh, like a lot of her her music, some songs are like basically songs, and the, and then other ones are just like monologues, right? She does like. Yeah, she does a lot of spoken word in yeah. in her work, and she both she plays both the male and the female roles in, in some of her things, and it work it plays out like a a play or a short story. And she's done pieces based around the German song Lily Marlene, which is one of my favorites. And then there's uh, stories that are based around Dracula, which is uh, kind of what we're playing tonight. Uh, Subasa Rareta Vampire, which is my favorite LLV song. It it is. I absolutely adore it. And it's also my first LLV song that I ever heard. Back when In the Zalamu was a website, there was a MP3 located on there that, that had <laughs> that on it. <laughs> that, and uh, there was also Jerevins and uh, Norfleur, a couple other things that were just little snippets that, that I found back in the day and absolutely fell in love with, and then she was one of them. Now, there was a hoax going around uh, the internet a little while ago that said she was making a comeback. Do you remember that? I wouldn't put it past people making that up, but I didn't hear much of it. I just remember that she became a, a, like a fortune teller, which was cool to me. Like, yeah, that's awesome. Well, a few years ago, a person made an account on YouTube and posted a song from another Japanese goth band, but the vocals sounded similar enough to Lucifer that you could say that it was her and it be passable to a certain extent, and said that she was making a comeback with a new release coming out. And I was duped for like a fraction of a second until I recognized the song. So uh, she was uh, she she was another band like she did fiction, right? That yes, fiction and uh, Gil loves uh, oh, yeah. was another project of hers, and she worked with those musicians for quite a few years, even though not as a a band, but they did help with uh, some of the music even in her solo career. All right, now we're going to go ahead and finally get to these amazing tracks that we love so much. So this is Mercuro with Jigoku Ezu from the Jigoku no Kisetsu album released in 2001. Automod with Sadistic Dream, the single version, released on uh, Deathtopia in 1985. And Lucifer Luscious Vielanu with Subasa Orarita Vampire from Bara no uh, Tsuzaku. Suki no Bigaku, released in <laughs> 2002.
getting to the end of the night here, and next artist we've got coming up has a bit of a, a tragic history to them, and that is, it's actually the only non-post-punk band we're playing tonight, and there is a reason for that. We do have some news, uh, well, some speculation going around about this band currently, and that is the industrial unit Blam Honey. Uh, can like be a downer about it, but this band is awesome. Like they are really, really, really cool. It's like a really aggressive and just oh, I, I it's it's hard to explain it. Like if you're able to go to YouTube and sort of look at their PVs that they've made or just some live clips and just uh, just understand that when the band first came out, it was a guy on guitar and vocals, and then a guy doing synth, and it was just awesome. It's just like it, there, it, it, it was like a perfect moment in time where these two people met and they created this. And then, unfortunately, you know, one of them passed away, illnesses and yeah, they, they've been plagued by a lot of misfortune in their career. And um, Blam Honey formed in 1995 with uh, Rio Nye, who did the synth, and uh, Tatsuya, who was the vocalist and guitarist. And they drew a lot of influences from artists like Nine Inch Nails, Skinny Pump, Skinny Puppy, Marilyn Manson. Yes, yeah, Skinny Pumps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, sorry. Skinny Puppy and Marilyn Manson. And you can certainly hear that in their works. And Unfortunately, both members had some health issues, and they quit activity in 99, having released a handful of uh, releases that were extremely well-produced, um, unique compositions, and you, you just don't hear things like them anymore, and you didn't really hear things like them then. They were a very unique band, especially for Japan. Yeah, like, I mean, I could imagine there's other bands outside of Japan doing stuff like this, and uh, that's cool. But uh, but for Blam Honey, that were sort of in the fringe of like that VK scene, mm -hmm. I feel like they they were unique. Like when I first got into them, I I mean, even before getting into them, I saw their name and I saw their face and I saw how they looked, and I was like, okay, this band is different. This band is like yes, I, I completely agree. They had such a unique aesthetic to them, and everything was thought of the from the costumes to the stage shows to the music videos to the compositions themselves it was all about them and the world that they created and yeah and i go ahead sorry no, no no and a lot of the pieces that were worn by them were actually uh what's it called designed by Rionai, who has his own like shop and you can get all these like crazy eye patches gloves necklaces just tons of stuff that he makes by himself and then sells yes for any of our gothic lolita listeners out there a lot of the uh, accoutrement that you'll see in gothic lolita bible and various other magazines that have to do with uh, that kind of fashion uh, you see things with the apples with barbed wire and and these little crowns that, that look rotted and corroded and elaborate eye patches and long metal fingernails these are mostly crafted by this person real nigh from his line of Gothic Lolita accessories called Superit System, which I is, think I'm going to make a band named uh, what what was that word you said? Accoutrement. Yeah, I think I'm <laughs> going to make a band named that. That's cool. But yeah, but not but but, but joking aside, like he has been pr like really successful with that. 
you can see a lot of other gothic bands on outside of Japan even using his stuff. So good for him making money, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, you do see, yeah, you're correct. You do see a lot of European bands in particular that that will wear his uh, jewelry and accessories. But he was uh, really popular among visual K artists throughout the early 2000s. Like yeah. everyone wanted a super it system piece to wear in, in their upcoming photo shoot, and it was kind of like uh, the accessory version of ID Japan. It was the go-to if you wanted to be big in the visual K scene, you went and got your accessories from Super Art System, and you went and had your costume designed by ID Japan. Didn't uh, he make some mic stands too, or is that someone else? You might be confusing him with uh, Hizumi of uh, Despair's Ray. He did his own uh, mic stands and stuff that were really elaborate and good-looking. And uh, also Furu from uh, New Kiki, he does that as well. Well, yeah, well, he makes his own band. Like, he has, like, robotic monkeys hitting drums. Yeah. Like, no, no, no <laughs> joke with that. Like, I'm being serious. Furu is worth his uh, a show in and of himself. Just with as many projects as he's had and as fruitful of a career that he's had he really is worth you know just a whole show by himself i guess going back to blame honey well when we mentioned about unfortunate events so they basically disband and then later on ronai just appears and basically says hey i'm gonna release this best of album oh yeah by the way the tatsuya guy he died from acute leukemia so that was a total bomb and that was horrible to hear about that but at least he was able to re like to to release some unreleased songs in the past. He remastered them, and it was and it was pretty cool. And it was released as a uh, tribute album, and that was in uh, 2008. He did, you know, like you said, uh, this whole collection of remastered and, and unreleased recordings as a tribute to him. It, it was really touching to hear these things. That you always know that when a band breaks up there's going to be some unreleased material tatsuya knew he was sick and he would write lyrics uh, about him coping with the fact that he was going to pass and some of these unreleased tracks deal with that and they are beautiful pieces it uh, goes even beyond uh, tatsuya writing about his illness and and, and dealing with that uh, Rionai, he also has a condition that he deals with. He has a uh, degenerative muscle condition where it's kind of like a, a drooping eye. And yeah. it's going to get worse as he gets older. And that's why he is seen with eye patches and elaborate facial pieces so often is uh, to, to cover that. He is very obsessed with beauty and, and, and things of that nature. So he tries to cover that up to create this illusion, almost doll-like image that he presents to the world. And it, it is to deal with the fact that, that he has this and lives with this. Yeah. He, he's pretty vocal about, you know, going into surgery and trying to, you know, get it fixed somehow. Mm -hmm. I guess going on the lighter side, I feel like blame honey again, like their, their music speaks for them for itself. They have really cool, like uh, track listings and just the names of it. Like mm -hmm. this song is like vertex poison, right? Yes. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's Vertex Poison uh, from the other side of Electronic Brain. And they do, you are correct, they have really interesting 
song titles and song topics in general. I know even people that aren't necessarily into Visual K or into Japanese rock music have uh, Give It To Me on their, you know, the Getting Down mix, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I I like, uh, what's the one? I think it's called like Uterus or something like that or Changing Sprout on My Head or something like that. That's a really cool title too. Yes, uh, that's one that's uh, also fairly popular, even with people that uh, aren't into Japanese rock music. I, I work with a guy who that's his favorite song, and he he's more of the he'll listen to the stuff Sugizo puts out, some Lunacy every now and then, but he he doesn't go in depth into you know the indie artists or anything like that. But uh, that is one of his favorite songs, oddly enough. I think uh, with a lot of the new bands that are that try to do what blame honey did or or uh, i don't know like edm type of stuff i feel like their overproduction makes it sound really like cheap but mm-hmm. i really like the production value of blame honey because in essence it really was cheap they didn't really have a lot of money but it right. just sounded really raw and dirty and scary and just really fun it, it does sound like you're listening to it on an old beat up you know boom box that you have and the cassettes kind of scratchy but it's still just amazing production quality put onto a shitty output method <laughs> so i'm sorry for ending on a downer and next episode will be about anime so we will be light and fluffy so we don't have to you know be down in the dumps forever guys so uh, <laughs> we're going to end with uh, blam honey's vertex poison from the other side of electronic brain released in 1998 and ev why don't you tell people where they can get in contact with you you know feel the need to go and bug you about merry-go-round <laughs> oh uh, um i think the best place you can find me is on my last fm page my username is yami bito uh y-a-m-i-b-i-t-o um and that's based off a of siren uh monster that's a playstation 2 game i don't know if the, you any of you know that but whatever i love the siren series but yeah <laughs> we digress all right as usual guys hit us up on the website oto-show.com facebook the oto show twitter at oto show official email me mama Cass at oto show join the last fm group night guys <laughs>